Ladies and gentlemen, we are here and live once again for the ABJ podcast. Real quick before we start, I know people are like, oh, wow, we were expecting episode eight to be V Marino. Uh, he came down with a little bit of a cold, not feeling up to it today. Uh, we will reschedule and have him on very, very soon. So if you are excited for the V Marino, uh, it is coming. But I have an interview right now as well as later on tonight. So not only did I get one in, I got two. So we're going to be live later on again tonight at 8 o'clock uh, for another interview that I'll talk about more towards the end. Uh, just quick housekeeping stuff. If you want to support the channel, all links are below for myself as my as well as my guests where you can support or follow us on social media. Uh, I'm not going to keep plugging all the other stuff because I feel like it's just a, a rambling thing of, hey, how can we make money? It's, it's the ugly thing of podcasting, I guess. but. If you're going to support financially uh, for, for the next couple weeks or the next couple months, if you can, um, subscribing to me helps me more than anything. But I have two friends right now in the independent wrestling scene who have just had some serious injuries. Uh, one of them has broken her collarbone uh, and is going to be out for quite some time. And these independent wrestlers, not only do they uh, work really hard to entertain us in the ring and, and chase their dreams of this professional wrestling business, but they also work legit jobs and they have to pay to get those jobs to pay their bills. Um, and sometimes in professional wrestling injuries happen and it's not just a setback in wrestling. It could be a setback in their real life. Um, so Adina Steele just recently uh, injured herself um, freak accident. It was a, it was a simple thing that just kind of went weird. It was a, it's a collarbone, which is not very hard to break realistically, um, her link is below. Uh, if you want to go support, she does have uh, subscription services as well as uh, pro wrestling tees, and you can order eight by tens off her. Uh, so if you can do that, that'd be amazing. Also, uh, it's been working the, this whole year, if not probably longer, with uh, a, a bum knee. Went and got it checked out and found out this dude has been working on a torn, I think, ACL and MCL and has not missed a beat. Just still working every weekend, busting his butt, but realized that he doesn't. He does need to get the surgery. He actually went in for surgery today. Uh, surgery went great. He's he's everything went good, smooth, according to plan. The recovery process is now. So if you can hit up the links below for Philly Mike Swanson, that would be amazing. Just two really good people in the Northeast wrestling scene who are struggling right now with some injuries. And if any support we can give them. Uh, that would be amazing. Even if you just follow on social media, share their stuff out, maybe share their their pages or ways that they can uh, that they make their money through subscription services or well as uh, uh, merchandise or eight by tens. It'd be a great pleasure. Uh, I mean, a great great honor for me if you can do that as well as just help them out and and get on their feet. Without further ado, though, I want to bring my guest in today. This one's going to be tough. Uh, there is going to be some kayfabe breaking here if, if he's willing to do so, because I've known this person a long time and they've taken a different step into their their journey of uh, entering this professional wrestling space. And I'm insanely, insanely proud of this kid. He's been working really hard. Uh, without further ado, let me bring my guest in. And that's precious. Oh, oh hello. There he is. Oh, there's this, Precious. This is Precious. How's it going? Oh, my God. It's going to be very hard to call you Precious this whole podcast. I'm just going to tell you that. Well, I'll, I'll stop you so that you don't even have to think about it. Because on the note of the injured, uh, best wishes out to Adina Steele, but also to Philly Mike Swanson, who is responsible for this. For this yes. 
Uh, the, the, the look of Precious was a Philly Mike gear, and he he brought it and gave it to the sanctuary. Austin seen it and asked if he can use it, and Philly Mike said yes. So he he's kind of passed the torch of of you know of the of the look of Precious, which is kind of dope. Yeah, uh, and I, I remember I remember that training day vividly. Walking in, John Schultz, uh, J.S. Hawthorne was there, and I was the second person after him. And he said, "You need to try this on right now." I was like, "Okay." Uh, and then sent the picture into the sanctuary group chat, and from there, I've I've kind of worn it every day since. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's awesome when wrestlers help each other with the small things like that. Uh, I've seen Mike wear Riley's gear, which is hilarious. Um, so gear getting swapped, and I believe there's a a pair of traveling tights that get passed around from wrestler to wrestler to wrestler uh, uh, from the dungeon crew. Um, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But we do have some people in the chat. If you are listening to the audio side of this. Uh, you're gonna be like, what are you talking about with the chat? We are also live on YouTube, so if it is your first time here, make sure you hit that like and subscribe. I didn't do this in the beginning because I was too busy putting over the, the my, my injured friends who need the support. Um, also, leave a review. Uh, face My Facebook page has a review tab that you can do some stuff there, as well as uh, if you are on Spotify. Um, I did, I'm adding a new feature now where it's going to say, what did you think of the episode? You can leave a review on Spotify. I found a loophole to do it. Uh, you can also do it on Apple. And if you are listening to this and say, if you listened to a past episode, there's a lot of people hitting five star on Apple, which is awesome, but write something. And every time you write something on a new episode, it counts as a new review, which helps boost the channel. So do that for me. That'd be great. And I'm going to start reading reviews. Hopefully if I get them on the beginning of every episode. Um, sorry, I had to get that out of the way. I forgot. I quick, I, 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 I quick, I forgot about it. But uh, no, good. but yes. Yeah, so well, I mean, the, the the majority of what you see Precious wearing has been handy da- handed down. Speaking of which, Vince Torres brand is the uh, responsible for the singlets that I wear. Uh, the purple one was handed off from him to me, which I believe it's just a. Uh, there's like a timeline, a continuum of John Schultz to Vince Torres to me, yeah. to where Vince and I have shared uh, singlets. Yeah, uh, and 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 the Converse came in the chat. Who could be responsible for intro music? Hopefully, one day for you as a wrestler. Hey, we I've contacted the Converse kid indirectly he, throughout the. Throughout he really the wants year. music that he makes as uh, intro music for a wrestler. So I'm just putting out: there. if you're a wrestler and you need intro music, in my link tree is the Converse kids links. Contact that kid. He's the intro music to my stuff, and we have some side intro music that you're going to be hearing soon that he also made for me. So there's actually more stuff that you're going to see for the other channels I make. So more to come, and it's all powered by the Converse Kid. So make sure you hit him up for wrestling intro music. The kid can play pretty much any instrument you hand him. And if he if he can't play it, he has a wide range of friends and talented family members who can help him, uh, and they'll put together some really fryer music for you. Yeah, not even just wrestling. Like, if you need music for anything, podcast, yeah. music, whatever you need to do, Converse Kid, hit him up. And his rates are great. He'll, he'll hook you up. Um, yes, so we have known each other quite some time. Um, we're going to we're gonna dial it back. It feels weird about talking about our past because we've, we've, you know what I mean? But we'll do it for the audience here. Um, so your family uh, used to own the greatest sandwich shop in 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 northeast pennsylvania with which was farlow's um they they've then since passed on it to new owners and they're no longer involved but how i how i 
we came to meet you and your family. Uh, me and my buddy Steve Fulton, uh, back in the days when I was a groupie, roadie, man, like I don't want to say manager, roadie, um, help, extra hand for the boys upstairs. Um, I would pack a bag. I would leave my house a Thursday night and I would not come home until Sunday night and not see my wife ever. Um, and I would go and help this band travel, stay sober so they can party and do what they do and help set up equipment and break it down and load it in the van and unload it in the van. Um, which realistically for my body was a terrible move. Uh, but we used to, on Thursday night, we would go and drink and party and then wake up Friday morning and go get subs from Farlow's and then come back to the house and watch pro wrestling. And we would do this for a while. So we were super hungover. We walk up town to Farlow's. Uh, normally on the walk up to, we'd stop at the Salvation Army and I would buy an old man suit jacket just to have it. Um, and then walk into Farlow's looking like a, a weirdo. Um, so the one day your, your parents were like, you guys are here every Friday. What's, what's, what's this routine? I said, oh, we, we, we get the food and we sober up so we can drink again later on tonight. And we go back to the house and watch wrestling. And as soon as I didn't even finish wrestling, as soon as I got rare, your dad's ears just like, like a prairie dog behind the counter just popped up. And he's like, you like pro wrestling and the love of, and then your mom was like, Oh, pro wrestling. Like we're a bigger pro wrestling fan. And the immediate love connection started between myself and your parents. And then they invited us over to watch wrestling at their house. And then I met you and it's been off and running ever since. So our bond, our friendship, everything about us has started because of professional wrestling. I have, I have so much to thank uh, professional wrestling for. Uh, it's the reason for my real name, Austin. Uh, mm -hmm. That doesn't happen without Stone Cold Steve Austin or the the Bionic Man Steve Austin, the six yeah. billion dollar man. Your dad is a nerd too, which I love. Yeah, um, but then. For those who like know me like pretty well, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, movies, even sports. Like I watch sports. I, I'm a big hockey fan, but I predominantly watch professional wrestling, whether it's sports entertainment, whether it's stunt fighting, whatever you want to call it. I watch all forms of it. And now I've gotten to a point, and I just posted this recently, about I just got to do a collegiate study on professional wrestling. Like, th this isn't going to mean a whole lot to a whole lot of people, but it means so much to me that the thing that I wake up every morning and think about is professional wrestling. Every day, pretty much since I've been conscious, it's been professional wrestling. And the fact that I got to study it through, like, an actual academic source and write a 23-page paper on how social constructionism applies to CM Punk and MJF, and it's just really crazy. And... And I've also gotten so many friends and have some of my closest friends because of professional wrestling. Uh, and obviously you and I have, have now been friends for like the last three years. Mm -hmm. so I, I really, it I feels way longer. <sighs> We've done so much in that, in that short amount of time. And I yeah. think that's why like not too many, not too many friendships start off just like that actively from the jump. Mm-hmm. I just walked in your house one day. And I was like, I'm here to watch wrestling. You're like, who's this guy? And then we were just like, you know what? He's a wrestling fan. We're good. You know? And that's always been the the mindset. Of oh, my God. You know what? I just remembered the first time I ever came to your house to watch wrestling, too, is the night. It was supposed to be me and Steve. Yep. And Steve, <laughs> yep. Steve got into a bar fight. Well, his brother got into a bar fight. And then him and his brother got into a fight at his house. 
and there was blood like it it wasn't like bad they were wrestling and then it turned into like a little bit of shot here and there and one of the one of them got their nose hit and just opened up everywhere and i was just like i'm out of here i'm sick of this i don't want to deal with it i'm going to this house to watch wrestling and i'm going without you so i showed up just flustered and then like steve just shows up I think still had blood on him and just came was like, I'm here to watch wrestling. And I was just like, you ruined everything, Steve. He <laughs> showed up like an hour or two into the show, like deep yeah. into the show. We had already eaten and he ordered Domino's. I think he ordered like three pizzas. Oh, that's, that's drunk Steve. He orders way too much food and he always orders Domino's. Yes. This is why we choose apple juice over alcohol. Because apple juice isn't going to leave you forgetting things the next day or even in the moment, maybe leading you to a fight. Um, I can't say that because I chose apple juice over beer and it led to me getting my butt kicked. Yeah. Well, the beer was probably on the other side. So, yeah. Yeah. But listen, apple juice is fine, but it's not as fun as beer. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So our bond started through that and uh, it materialized into me. I mean, you were kind of around actually longer than three years. It's probably long because you've been around before I even started the podcast. It's probably and the, like 2018. And, and the podcast started, it, This it would have been the fourth year. This is my fourth year going into it now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So you, you've watched the creation of me as a content creator and as a podcaster. And you have you have jumped in on, I would say, almost everything I've done so far. Ba- I Banging beers. Did we, I think we, the only we, one... I don't think I did uh, Truth Behind the Illusion. Our interviews with everyday people. No, I did interviews with everyday people. Did you? Bacon Boy as no did. You did. Yes, you did. In high school, I don't know if I was a part. Yeah. Um, And then also you used to participate on Tornado Tag, which a lot of people are still mourning the loss of that episode, of that content. But we are still doing Tornado Tag-style-ish content here where we just talk about wrestling with uh, not just even interviews, where me and Brian and whoever else wants to join us, I think you're going to be seeing some Philly Mike soon um, where we just remote and maybe watch an episode of something uh, and talk about it. Or we talk about what's current in wrestling. Or we just talk in general. So I'd um, like to be involved in one of those, and it's it's – Wrestling that I never really hear Brian talk about that I got influenced because of my dad. Yeah. World class championship wrestling, WCCW. Yeah. There's a lot of Von Eriks and Freebirds, which I have been watching the first two seasons of that, like episodically. I would love to hear Brian's thoughts on it, feeling Mike's thoughts on it. Cause it, and there's a lot of people that I'd like to watch that, that kind of wrestling with. Yeah, so what we try to do is we have people like vote and pick something for us to watch, and then we all go watch it, and then we talk about it the next week. Or we do history stuff of like maybe the history of the Von Erics comes up because the movie's coming out soon. Right. Um, but yeah, so we do still do wrestling content that's not interviews only. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we, we've known each other for a minute. And then uh, as of this year, probably what early, early this year, um, you you kind of said, you know, I'm going to dive my feet into training in professional wrestling. And I kind of told you, if you're going to do that, there's a place for you to go. And also you have, beca- you have become friends with somebody else in the business who also told you to go to the same place I told you to go to uh, walk us through that story. So my best friend pretty much throughout my entire life, uh, pretty much since like I, I was really starting to get into social circles, uh, came through baseball and through marching band, and that's Jake Ternitza. 
Uh, Jake and I have been best friends for real for uh, enough years to where we know each other, like the back of each other's hands. And he was fraternity president at the college that he went to and ended up running into crossing paths with MIT, Mr. Intellectual Tavius. Um, so I got... Which, which, by the way, holy shit, is that, is that guy a gem? Generational talent right there. And it's not just, it's not just because he's a generational talent. He backs it up. He just had a match at Smash Master that will be airing very, very soon uh, against Ricky Price, who is no one good. of those other guys. That no other guy, Price. I'll give him his roses real quick, but uh, he, he is another one who's insanely talented. Very, they're both, him, MIT, and Ricky Price, are, I think both of them are less than 50 matches each into their careers and stole the show on a card that was jam-packed full of some really big talent in the area. So huge shout out to uh, MIT and Ricky Price. I still hate you. So yeah, uh, so Ternitsa actually made gear, not like tights, but he made a hoodie and a t-shirt for MIT and developed his brand. And I'm pretty sure MIT wears that hoodie to, to most of his shows, if not during mm -hmm. his entrance, if he's not wearing the jacket. Yeah. Uh, so one day, uh, Ternitsa messaged me and he was like, yo, if you're ever like really serious and really want to do this, message me. Like, let me know if you really want to do this because I'll hit up I'll hit up MIT right away. About I think I was at his house and then I left and there was a pay-per-view. It was a Sunday because I, I remember this clear as day. And I messaged Jake and I was like, yep, I want to do this. So message him immediately. Within a couple hours, I ended up adding uh, MIT on Snapchat, got uh, in contact with him, talked to him on the phone. He then sent messages to uh schultz and to john trotsky and pretty much said hey this guy is someone that i know and cleared the cleared the ways for me and that same night i was added to the group chat so the beautiful thing about you entering the sanctuary is well there's a lot for me i will just say for me looking at the outside perspective of pretty much watching my little brother getting to wrestling uh you know what i mean i do consider you like a little brother you know what i mean um their safety is above and first and foremost, which is amazing. Um, there are some wrestling schools that are going to do the old school carny where we're going to chop you 500 times and we're going to make you do stupid shit. And you're going to, you're going to do things that aren't really necessary in the world of professional wrestling anymore, where the sanctuary kind of cuts out that bullshit and change and teaches you what you need to know to become better. Um, and not only that, it's a place where a lot of people from other schools that are just as talented as the sanctuary come in and it's just a melting pot of people to learn and grow. Now, I do know the sanctuary does have a little bit of a black eye because of the way they do things. They are a stunt st shoot studio. Um, don't be mad because someone beat the system. That's all there is to it. Just <laughs> it is what it is. What it is. But and, and I and I and, and Trotsky has a history of rubbing people the wrong way. But he's good at what he does. He's a good trainer. He knows the business. And the biggest thing that you're going to learn there is character development. And I think that's where you are going to shine higher than most. You know what I mean? Like, I think your entering is good, um, but I think your selling and your character is what's going to make you excel. And that right there alone is just a match made in heaven for a sanctuary kid. See this, I'm so glad you brought all of this up. Uh, 
I got I, that was kind of the first thing I was debriefed on uh, when it came to figuring out what the sanctuary was. It, I was pretty much sent like a bunch of their stuff. I forget how, but I started to watch and I started to see like drag shows and musicals. And a lot of my background is in theater, uh, stage crew. Uh, and there was a really band. cool guy doing commentary there for a while too. That oh yeah, uh, being in marching band, so I, I was familiar with with doing performance. But I don't think people really know what they're gonna get when it comes to the athlete side of Precious, the actual wrestling side of Precious. Like I said earlier, I I pretty much eat, sleep, breathe professional wrestling. But there's been a lot of other work that I've been doing where I've been doing a whole lot of research on not just professional wrestling, not just American professional wrestling, but like there's a lot of mixed martial arts training that I've, I've been watching and that I've been applying at the sanctuary sanctuary safely. And I think I know Brian said it on commentary during, during night of survival about how, Oh, wouldn't it be something if precious got a submission victory? I think that's going to be more common than people are, are anticipating. I love that. I yeah. love that. Um, uh, Converse Kid says, I like how Sanctuary doesn't exactly do squash matches. Uh, they do, <laughs> but even in a squash match, because you're looking at someone who's been in quite a few of them so far, <laughs> they still get over a character and a story. Yeah, and yeah, I've been physically squashed by a, a Stunosaurus. Did yeah. a splash off a second rope. Where else are you going to find that? Yeah, where else are you going to watch someone get beat up by a dinosaur? Or or be abused by a, a blue-collar brawler. Or get um, literally put your head in between two Rock'em Sock'em robots and get beat up by them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sanctuary is beautiful. Uh, but, and, and the names that have come out of that place. I mean, there's a lot like one half of your tag team, AEW tag team champions came out of there. Britt Baker has come out of there. Um, now, when I say come out of there, I'm not saying trained. I'm just saying they've had a time where they've worked in that building. And and because and, and, a lot of people from all over the Northeast Coast uh, and some in the Midwest have come through the sanctuary just to get a couple reps in, get some footage, get some work. Uh, it's been around a long time and there, there, it, there is a lot of prestige to it. And when people work there, they definitely remember it because it's a converted church with beautiful lights and a really, really big padded ring. And it, it, it leaves a mark in you. And the biggest thing for me is I feel like when I say us, I say us as a family of the sanctuary, when it comes to the people who, who take pride in that place, the endings show. And, and, and I'd listen, Ace Austin helps put people in seats, but we were slowly building every week and getting more and more and more. Um, and I, and, and, and I will give aces due for bringing some people, but I think also, I think a lot of people came to support people like you and Vinny and other people to be like, Hey, this is the end of this season. Let's go see the culmination of it. And if we keep carrying that momentum, that's going to be a place to be next season. Um, I, I think, I think what helped a lot with that were the first Friday events, the, the community events that were free and just getting people to stop by when we had those opportunities on first Friday, we didn't look at them as just, Oh, this is a non-canon show where we could just have some fun experiment things. No, we look at those as at least I look at those as a precious opportunity to show people. This is what we got. 
this is the sanctuary. This is why you should show up to the sanctuary. This is why you should support the talent that wrestle at the sanctuary. I got some really interesting people coming into the sanctuary next season. I have to sit down with Trotsky because I have a handful of people who I've been plugging the sanctuary to and they want to work there. And when you talk about characters, characters. Look, I, I know that, that that's kind of been the, the strong suit of what I've presented so far at, at the sanctuary. So I look forward to being able to tell that story with, with different perspectives. Uh, he picked up what you're putting down with precious opportunity. Uh, Torres puts a little the shocked face because he, I think he has run into some crazy characters as well. Well, um, I think I think that was actually he knows what I'm talking about when I'm saying that I'm not I'm not just a character. I'm not just a, a mic piece. He he has been the firsthand recipient of of the athlete that precious is. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because the honor society, Zach Sander, Vinny Torres, and Crispy. We all, the reason, and this hasn't been able to been said clearly, uh, even when Zach had the opportunity on commentary during uh, Ruler of the Ring. What Honor Society is, is three students who immediately, when we had the opportunity to directly look up to the people before us, our predecessors in the J.S. Hawthorne, Andre Polino, Jordan, Jordy Palco, they turned on us. That was the first thing that our teachers taught us was, ah, now nah, we got to band together. So us, us four, we, every training, we've gotten better. Every training, we do more. We're, we're doing drills in which we're thrusting up, uh, snatching 50-pound sandbags, squatting, dropping it down, doing a push-up, doing drop-downs onto either side. Our cardio is getting improved. We all train with each other and with other opponents to where, hey, it's not just we, – we truly are grateful for the opportunity that we have at the sanctuary. And, and to see it almost like directly spit in our face by, by our elders to an extent, that doesn't feel very honorable to what the sanctuary teaches us. Yeah, though that that scumbag on commentary who wouldn't call you by your names for a while. I don't know about him, you know. Yeah, and, and, and the, initial, the initial promo, the initial sequence, the battle royal in which we all formed together prior to going up and facing Andre Polino. None of that is heard unless you're listening through with with headphones. Yes, um, I I will say too, even as like a creator this year, I've really dove into more of the heelish commentary and i gotta say i i, I kind of dig it but the problem is is I'm, I'm a little too good at it um <laughs> or i have to like go to talent after the show and be like hey when you listen back i don't actually dislike you just i i just don't want to heat you know what i mean like yeah, no, or even like it. dude even like ring announcers the last show i just like i picked a target and just picked on a ring announcer the whole time yeah. And after the show, I was like, hey, man, if you listen back, like, I don't dislike you. <laughs> I just, I needed something to latch on to. Like um, Lance. Yeah. Oh, I pick on Lance all the time. Like, I, I think going into next season of the Sanctuary, I think you're going to get that full experience between me and BP Burke nice. of heel and face. I, I nice. think I'm finding more of that comfort of relief. And, like, listen, just because I'm heel doesn't mean I like all the heels either. I pick and choose who I like. I make yeah. my own rules as a heel. There's some heels I don't like, and there's some heels I do like. Um, 
and I can make a heel into a baby face or like that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so, so your, your stable, um, this season was a very big thing for me as kind of dipping my toes into the heel commentary role and picking on people and making fun of them a little bit and having some fun on commentary, but also like, cause that's a comp, a just like a thing I have to like challenge as well and walk up to you guys after and be like, Hey, you, you do know that I'm just, I'm This is not, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that, that could be in this business is a lot of ego and some people get upset. You know what I mean? Like going up to crispy and be like, yo, I'm going to go hard on you but like use it to motivate yourself. You know what I mean? Like exactly. And that's, I feel like there's uh Trotsky kind of explained it to where when you step into a, a wrestling ring, there is an unspoken consent of, Hey, I'm in a wrestling ring. That means I might get wrestled on or mm-hmm. a wrestling move might happen to me, or I might do something because you have stepped in between those ropes. And it's the same thing of just kind of stepping into the world of professional wrestling we're not all just trying to get ourselves over, but we're trying to tell a story and we're trying to get people to react to that story and to get them emotionally invested in the things that we do that hurt our bodies. So if we're able to do that by speaking, Oh, we've already done half of the battle. We've already Mm -hmm. done, done the work there. And it's very easy to then pick a fight with somebody and work on your promo skills. If you're listening back and hating on the commentary guy, you know what I mean? Um, I think this year was a big year for for professional wrestling when it comes to commentary because people like uh, Pat McAfee, uh, uh, Michael Cole during the pandemic, him and Bailey had that feud. Like, I think it really let the commentary feel like they're part of the show more than just two guys, like an NFL broadcast team where they just sit up in a skybox and they're not involved in the action. You know what I mean? Well, it's also WWE specifically is is difficult with that because for so long, their commentary is almost a narrator. Where Jim Ross, and at least that's what I think too, is Jim Ross and and the King, where they are just consistently telling you the story and consistently are adding to the story and are also responding to it as almost an unexposed perspective on what's going on. Uh, Oh, this is happening for the first time. So we have to explain this because it's an audience who might not have seen this before. Mm-hmm. But now we're starting to see, hey, everyone's aware. It's like kayfabe. Or everyone's aware of what's going on. These people are obviously a part of it. Why can't they be a part of it? Yeah, absolutely. So when you got into this uh, and you finally started making your first moves and your training and stuff, uh, you 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 actually kind of excelled a little bit, I would say, quicker than most. Uh, by actually being opportunity, having opportunities of getting into some matches, um, which which I think is a credit to your training, is a credit to your hardware work ethic, as also a credit to the people who are training you uh, to give you that faith, because they're not going to just throw anybody into, a, especially at the sanctuary, throw you in there. Uh, now, listen, you weren't, you didn't go in there and have a thirty minute Ironman match. You had a couple squash matches, but the fact that they were comfortable enough to put you in between those ropes. What does it feel like, kayfabe aside, uh, as someone who's a lifelong fan to be like, hey, tonight you're putting gear on and you're going to go out in front of a crowd or in front of a camera and get your work in? Yeah, kayfabe or not, it, it truly like is it truly is precious. Like it, it I've explained this throughout this entire uh, session of how like wrestling really is the sole part, the sole motivator in who I am. It's, it's kind of the, the culmination of everything that I'm interested in. 
So to be a lifelong fan of professional wrestling, to have something that I cared about so much and to be trusted like stupidly quick in, in my like perception on wrestling, it means the world. It honestly, and at no point did it get me to a point where it's like, oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm, I'm better. No, it was. Amazing. Oh, because Chassie will quickly put that in check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told him from the jump how thankful I was that, that that I was trusted in a situation like that. Especially my first match ever was against uh, the Outcast, Jerry. Forget his last name. The Outcast. Um, I missed your first match. I was so bummed because you don't even know you're in it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Nope. Like my family didn't get to see it. Uh, regardless, still happened. Uh, he had, I don't think, ever stepped foot into the sanctuary prior to that night. So he and I met each other. I was cleaning. I was vacuuming the, like, stairs that go up to the balcony. I came downstairs and Trotsky said, hey, we don't have a whole lot of people, so I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm trusting you in this spot. You two have a conversation. Put together a three-minute match. Let me know what you got, and then we'll see. Yeah. And we came up with something real simple. I don't know what happened to the to the YouTube video, but there's like 30 seconds to a minute of it that's not there. Like if you if you watch that match back, it cuts already in, in like a one minute match, like total. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the finish to the match was me going for a splash in the corner and he rolls me up and hooks the tights. And he actually he actually just messaged me uh, in response to the promo video that I just tweeted and posted everywhere. Uh, he he messaged me and he said, I, "Hey, we got to run this back." So yeah. hopefully, uh, I I told him right away. I was like, "Look, Sanctuary currently is on break right now, but when we're back on, I will let Trotsky know that you you have shown interest and would like to continue the story." Yeah, and and you have besides the the honor society and everything else that was going on at the sanctuary, which was a very heavy storied year. Um, I mean, every year at the sanctuary is story, but for me, I feel like I really attached myself to this season more than any season. Um, where I think it's because it was my first year with BP. It was my first year of where I kind of became the guy because Pete was no longer the, like there that season, um, and I kind of like took on that role and Pete's Pete's not easy shoes to fill. Cause he's so, so, so talented. Um, and just like, even the sanctuary, like your opinion matters. Like trust was like, what do you think of this? And like, as a commentary guy, like he sits up in the booth and we talk while I'm on commentary. Like I have to mute my yeah. mic and me and him are talking the whole time or critiquing matches. And dude, that's so invaluable to even me as a commentator to know what I'm seeing. Um, just the value you get in that place is just, I can't, I could be, we could be here for eight days talking about just that in general, but, um, but and you like, have a different, you have a different perspective on that. You yeah. have been other places. I mm -hmm. really haven't, but I'd like to think I have a general, like common sense on like on people and how things should or should not go. You think that until you walk into a situation like where, what twilight zone episode am I in? Um, yeah. some, some places get wonky. Um, so yeah, uh, so this the, for you this season, it was the the kid who came out had a match, then it was the kid who got squashed, then the kid who got squashed. I think for the most part, you didn't really even get a second of offense in besides your opening match that a lot of people didn't see. But in canon, you didn't get a second of offense in until the season finale during the big battle royal spot, and you got an elimination. 
and you you were able to showcase a little bit of what we might see next season with Precious. So you you your even your story as a character developed all season long to next season being like, well, what's Precious gonna do? Because by the end of the season, the entire sanctuary was chanting your name. Like you got over as a character. So really, there's there's so much there that that is that is so crazy to me. Um the fact that Honor Society happened at all was a conversation that happened amongst the four of us in a group chat. And I sat at uh, Ternitz's backyard and I talked to him and we were texting like me and him were talking. And then I was texting the group chat and we pretty much like came up with an idea in, in Jake's backyard slash through the phone. And that next training session, the four of us, we we looked right at Trotsky and we're like, hey, we have something. We have something that we think could do something that that makes sense going forward. And then Trotsky, like, he he gave us some shit here and there throughout it. But then at every step of what we were doing, the formation of it, he gave us, like, awesome feedback on what to do. Like, going through the middle rope instead of going over the top rope. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I could not ask for a better introduction into professional wrestling story for, for me. It starts with me being, like you said, oh, the kid who finally got a wrestling match and just being this like lovable, like dork and who's always trying his best, who who's clearly cares about like the crowd and what's going on. Yeah, I, I start by losing all of my matches. I think I had the record. It was like, oh, five and, and one because of the no contest of us walking out of the ring. There was a couple other things where I was supposed to get an, an elimination in, in the stampede, and that didn't happen. None of that mattered, though. The entire time, I was having so much fun. So much freaking fun the entire time. And even, like, the training, every day was fun. So continuously telling that story of me just kind of having fun and getting to see how Precious is going to react or an act in different scenarios was so much fun and then it got it started with the stonosaurus match really because uh stonosaurus and i had a conversation daniel marsh of what we wanted to do and and then we like or we were told that all right you guys are, are going to be the main event of the after party and i was like hell yeah sure let's let's go and it they weren't chanting for me but to see how everyone reacted to the things that Stunosaurus did mattered more. Because that's what we're trying to showcase. We're trying to showcase... But your that. facial expressions and your cells made that, made that at a moment. And, and exactly. And to see... That's where it started. To see how, that, how well that came off to an audience. That's where I was like, all right. St not necessarily ego, but I got confidence in what I was doing was all along the right thought process. Mm -hmm. So then... Then I get to a first Friday show and John Schultz again is one of the first person, first people I see. And he's like, honestly, we don't know what, what you're doing. And at this point, wherever I was in, in my journey, I was like pretty sure that I was going to get a match, that I was going to have an opportunity on a first Friday to showcase something of what I got. And I was told that they, they didn't have anything and that I would be most likely managing. I was like, all right, cool. Another opportunity for me to go out and be precious and show the world or show Sanctuary what I got. And then Dorian gets there, Travis Dorian. Trotsky calls me over and he just kind of looks at me. He looks at Dorian and he's like, 
I don't know how you're going to get to it, but I need you, Dorian, to be stone cold. And I need you, me, <laughs> precious, to to be uh, Goldust. Or not stone cold, Roddy Piper and, and Goldust. And we, we were like, okay. So then we're having a conversation about all right, so what if you came to the ring and instead of asking for a wrestling match, you asked for a singing competition? And right there, and, and Trotsky suggested that. And right there, I was like, oh, okay, I know where I'm going with this. Because I've, I've given public speeches, I know that you need like three kind of main points. And it's the same thing in professional wrestling. There's like a, a common theme of threes, whether it's strikes, reversals. Anyway, so... Trotsky is like, all right, you guys have a conversation, figure it out. When you're done, come back and pitch me what you got. Maybe took like a minute, two minutes tops of Dorian and I talking and looking at each other and got it immediately. Got the singing competition, cornhole, rock'em, sock'em, got all of that right away. Uh, so then we're backstage. So we pitched that to Trotsky. Trotsky was cool with it. We then are backstage going over bit for bit what we're doing, how we're getting to things. I love Travis because he brings me beer. Like, legit shoot brings me beer on commentary. <laughs> and he got to the point where he's like... Oh, I renamed his move this year. The High Life. Mm -hmm. he it, got used to be called the, it used to be called the 30 Rack. I like the champagne of, of finishers much better. That's about... Sure. I, I, can't say that kayfabe wise because precious likes apple juice but precious yes. after that match austin then had himself a miller highlight 40 or two yeah uh so we're backstage and we're going over all right he gets to a point where he's like i'm gonna offer you a beer and you're gonna turn down the beer and that's how we start fighting and i said what if i instead of of beer what if i i turned down and, and said apple juice instead and when I said apple juice, well, I didn't even say it like that. We were just in promo going over, and I, I hit him with that unexpectedly. And I don't know who else was back there, but they all started laughing. I was like, all right, we're doing that. And Dorian was like, you have to do that. Which then leads to me getting my butt kicked by Travis Dorian. And after I had taken two of his power moves, the crowd starts to rally by chanting apple juice. And that alone, like in the ring, I'm like, oh, yeah, fighting spirit inside. Oh, man. You want a crowd. Juice is a name that has been with me like my entire life. Like I've been called Juice Box for a bunch of different reasons throughout my life. I've been called Juice for being like Jewish as well. So to hear an apple juice chant, something that I like, oh, man, it really like I'm it's it's. It's so as a wrestling fan or Mark, you, you won over a crowd. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and that, like that first Friday crowd, even I get out there and I was supposed to, supposed to cut a promo before Dorian even came out and we went through those three steps. None of that was planned. I was like, Oh, I forgot. I had to cut a promo right now. And that's happened a, a couple times throughout the season where it's like, yada, yada, yada. We got to make sure we get to here, to here, to here. And then I'm out there with a microphone and it's none of this is planned, but here we yeah. go. Now, growing up, I, I probably I kind of know the answer to this and I may be feeding you a little bit. But like you were the kid who who sat in his bedroom and looked at himself in the mirror and did promos and practiced promos and did entrances. You know what I mean? Like that was you as a kid. Like like you said, like lifelong wrestling fan. 
you were you were essentially mentally preparing yourself to be in a situation where like if someone handed you a mic, you can put something together because you've been practicing it so long. There's there's so much that goes into it for real. I have been like wrestling my friends like Kyle Kemper, Colin Ebling. Those are two people that I was WWE style fighting when I was like eight, seven, yeah. ten. Years. Don't try this at home, kids. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, also pool wrestling with anyone who was over my dad as well, just all of that. And him being such like, uh, not a Mark, but being so dedicated to all marks and always cutting like the Ric Flair promos, the dusty Rhodes promos. Oh, uh, your dad is, your dad has a gift of gab as well. Yeah. And it, it translated down. And then I got to the point where I'm so analytical. Like that is the background of me as, as like a student. I, I don't read a whole lot, but when I do read, when I do watch TV, I'm thinking a million different things about, oh, this lighting means this. Oh, them saying this means this and is going to lead to this. Um, so so that's how, like, I'm, I have so much in this brain that is a database for any situation. And that's not just a testament to wrestling. That's a testament to, like, even though I said I only really watch wrestling, I'm familiar with so many different realms of entertainment and just existence that I'm kind of ready for, for anything. But then like, it, it just, it really was natural. Like the first time I ever auditioned for anything in, in theater, like just kind of natural, I was able to pick yeah. it up right away. It's very interesting to see the parallels to the honor society. And I, and I, and I'm not doing this to be the heel guy. Uh, and I, and I apologize because, because there is one odd man out here. I'm sorry, Crispy, but if you look at the Honor Society, you have the the uh, Vincent Torres, who not only has like the Palco thing going on, where he he can kind of be the shoot fighter wrestler, but he also like mirrors a young John Trotsky mm-hmm. in, a, in in a certain way. Then you have you, who kind of is the parallel mirror of J.S. Hawthorne, and then you have Zach Zander, who's almost like the Andre Polino. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you guys, and like even Vince kind of has recently with like wearing the gloves and doing the death grips to people and grabbing, like he's kind of pulling a little bit of that Palco and also the um, Billy Walker, the Billy Walker. And he's kind of pull, like, he's kind of absorbing everything he's been seeing as well. But it is really cool to see you guys develop as a team and as a character. And like, like I said, that last, that last show at the sanctuary, man, that was an emotional night. Like, the fact that Trotsky gave me a mic and let me talk to people afterwards. Yo, he just, yeah. he just seen how passionate I was about that moment and how the sanctuary went down that night. Um, Cause I even said to him, I said, I, I talked to him upstairs and I, everything that I kind of said on that microphone is what I, and he was like, yeah, I'm the, the sanctuary needs to hear this. And I was like, I like, he kind of pulled everybody together and we kind of had that moment afterwards where we cut that promo. And it was just like, it was special. And I, and I feel like we're going into the next season big just better as a roster you know what i mean like we're really setting a tone and it was, i was very proud to be a member of that roster after that night and it was it was it was a, it was an honor it was an honor to just be a part of this season and, and the past seasons but i feel like we're we're building some cool momentum um so real we are t- getting close to the end here so if anyone has any questions in the chat please get them ready and put them in there um also if this is your first time once again, hit that subscribe and like. And if you are listening on an audio platform, hit a review. Uh, you can review. You can put reviews, you know, anywhere. Just help us out with that. Um, we're getting close to 200 total plays 
on audio side of things. So up in the corner, up above uh, Precious, you see Anchor, Spotify, Google, all those places you can find us as well as social media. But um, when it comes to professional wrestling, who are some people you channel of what you've been watching on uh, TV or growing up? And I, I know for me, I, we used to joke around because you used to have the undercut. And I'm like, you look like a little Pete Dunn. But, dude, the more and more you've been – yeah, the more and more you've been developing yourself and the more and more you've uh, been developing your character and working on your body and thinning out, dude, like, I see so much of a young Miz in you. And I, I really do love the Miz because he's a guy who, who at every stage was, oh, he's the entertainment guy and consistently throughout his career proved why he's not just the entertainment guy, why he's one of the most decorated. Oh, it's not a bad thing to be a young Miz. Oh my God! Exactly. You need to have, but you need to have the Miz mentality. You need to be like you always have to prove people wrong and out and better them. And that's what yeah. he's been doing his whole career. Yeah, and I'm I'm prepared to. Well, I'll lead into it. Outwork everyone. Uh, Christian Cage. Christian is someone I've watched throughout my entire career. I've always loved Christian. I uh, even to one of the few moves of offense that I did hit was the leg kick that him and Kofi Kingston do in the corner. Mm-hmm. So. He's up there. Um, uh, I had a bunch in my head. What originally like started the idea for the Precious character was watching a lot of 70s wrestling. So I watched like a whole lot of Bob Backlund. So there's a lot of Bob Backlund influence into just applying holds and being mean with those holds. Um, but then two, two guys that are like, Actually, it's the entire family are really where there's different parts of my persona there. And that's the Rhodes family. Dusty, Cody, and Goldust. There's so much between all three of them that I think I bring parts of all of what they do to the table. Absolutely. What? Uh, well, so before I get to my last question, let's, add, let's get some here in the chat. We have Hunter Dillon said, what is your favorite part about working at the Sanctuary? Oh, it's tough to just pick one because I love showing up there every day, whether it's a training, whether it's two trainings a week or it's a show, depending on what the show is. There's nothing like feeling the energy at the sanctuary. I've been to a bunch of wrestling shows. I've been to independent wrestling shows. I've been to AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, Final Battle. Like I've been to these shows. Nothing feels like the sanctuary. Nothing does. And it's not just from professional wrestling. It's just an overall environment that nothing feels like the sanctuary. And I, would I agree. I genuinely have such a good time every time I'm there. Yeah. I never leave there being like, man, I, I fucking, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like every time yeah. you leave, you're like, I feel better after leaving there. Yeah. there's um, been days it, where It's I'm- almost like that church feeling like I'm not a religious, spiritual, like, christian but like how when you walk into a church you're supposed to leave the church feeling like you're a better human that's me at the sanctuary (laughs) like yeah uh and then another one from hunter here uh, a go-to question for me if you can write yourself uh, your your younger self a letter what would it say i would say dear baby precious younger precious first and foremost keep smiling never stop smiling second Keep having faith in the things that you are doing because you are on the right path and you're going to get to where you want to be a lot sooner than I think you ever anticipated. Third, and probably the most important thing in this letter, have fun. Keep having fun. That's something I will tell everyone, 
we have one opportunity in this life. You got to make the most of it. If you have the ability to do something, do it. Because you can't get to the end. You can't get to the, there's the hyphen between, for me, July 20th, 2000, and wherever. That hyphen is where we get to define who we are. We have the opportunity to do everything we want to. Uh, I know that there are a lot of things that can prevent or can make these journeys difficult. And I am biased towards myself and I'm blind to things that, that have helped me maybe get to certain situations a little sooner than, than others. But there is no opportunity. There is no reason not to put your 100% into everything that you do, because what you put in is what you get back. What Absolutely. You get and I would finish it by saying all the best precious. Love that. I love that, man. Um, so my final one here is I know you're at a point where maybe you're not at the travel point yet, right? You're not, you can't really get outside that sanctuary and, and pick and choose who you want to work, where you want to work. You're still in those baby steps, which is there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, but where is your, what is your future goals or plans for your career? I got, I got some main ones that are, I would say are a little shorter term. And then I've got ones that are more long-term. My direct goal is to be the best stunt fighter to have ever stepped foot in the sanctuary. To make the sanctuary, not just by myself, because I'm, I'm just one person, but to make the sanctuary the most must-see independent wrestling platform, at least in the Northeast, in Pennsylvania, online in the world. I want to make the sanctuary. I want to give the sanctuary the the eyes, the the respect that it definitely deserves because of what it what had what it already has given me in such a short amount of time. I owe the world to the sanctuary because the sanctuary you sound, you sound like me in your living room talking about the sanctuary before you knew it existed. <laughs> yeah. I literally said I said this yeah. place is somewhere where like six people walk in or five people walk in and I said it deserves so much more. Yeah. Uh, so right now, those are my two like current goals is to make the sanctuary the best and to prove that I am the best, not just a character, not just in ring, but no matter what I do at the sanctuary, uh, longer term goals, uh, would love to travel, would love to wrestle in different places, in different States, in different countries. I'd love to travel the world and wrestle. I'd love to be right now. I'm aspiring to be a professional wrestler. The, the goal is to be confident enough to say that i'm a professional wrestler to actually have the proof and the backing that i am a professional wrestler and and that's the thing right now at the sanctuary where for a while there 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 hasn't really been the names that come out of the sanctuary who take pride in the sanctuary and keep flying that sanctuary banner and and re just as of recently we have the jf hawthorns who are tearing it up all over the place Right now, Jordan Palco was starting to, but unfortunately, you know, he just got deployed. Uh, and the Andre, Paul, yeah, a print, oh, Prince Ahmed's kind of, he yeah. came into the sanctuary, but he's like, I'm talking about people who are trained. Andre Polina, who I, he needs to get out there more because he's so goddamn good. Yeah. But now your next generation where Vincent is getting some work in some other places and he's Zach going Sanders. to seminars. Zach Sanders doing the same thing. And then you got, you and Crispy are kind of the next ones in line to that, to now do that. Um, 
I think I think people are who have underestimated the sanctuary are seeing those names now on the scene and being like, oh, there's some work ethic here, and people are enjoying it. And now you're getting that crossover between other places that are like, well, we train here, but then we're also coming and getting work here at the sanctuary. And then now now they're flying that sanctuary banner because they enjoy it as a place to work. Um, there's there's a lot of positivity that's going to come out of that place, and uh, I think all of us together are really going to make sanctuary a a really powerful place in 2023. It's it's a difficult choice and it's probably not the, the, it's obviously not the smartest thing for me to do, but I'd like to be able to say that I did things my way. I would really like to not wrestle anywhere, but the sanctuary. I understand that there's like off season there to where that hinders me from being able to have more opportunities to get my face out to network with other people but i want to prove that i'm right okay i want to prove that what i feel in my gut because what i felt in my gut what i felt inside since day one has brought me here and has gotten me to this opportunity and has proven to some people already that oh wow he might have something here well i want to keep doing that but from the sanctuary And that goes hand in hand with me wanting to prove that the sanctuary is the best place to do stunt fighting, to do professional wrestling. So I really would like to just wrestle at the sanctuary, but I understand that that's not smart. I understand that that there's been other places that have maybe already seen who I am, maybe have interest in who I am. But we'll we'll see on that. We'll see. I I would like to wrestle the dude one on one. That's something just like immediately I would like whenever and wherever as soon as possible. First Friday sounded like the place for that to happen. Um, Well, let's close it out here, man. Anything we didn't talk about you want to get out there? Anything you want to tell the people? Um, There's there's probably some things. Uh, Support wrestling. Support independent wrestling. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like there was some some other wrestling that I wanted to say that maybe influenced who I am. There's going to be a part two here. This is this is the introduction to Precious. You're definitely going to be on the podcast again. This is this is not a one and done deal. Yeah. And you and I in general could talk for days. Yeah. And I, I want to try to keep it to an hour. I don't want to flood people with and no more two hour podcasts. They get out of control. Yeah. So if anything, I would just say um, stay tuned. Keep hopefully you you subscribe here you like here the anthony blackwell jr podcast then you go to all of my pages maybe i'll start a youtube channel i think i might already have a youtube channel up so i'll throw a link there but follow me and yeah be excited that's awesome be excited well thank you for your time thank you for jumping in short notice and coming in here and helping me get a guest and uh we're closing in on guest number 10 which is super exciting and guest number 10 is going to be someone who you see all over IWTV, someone you see all over the independent wrestling scene. And it's going to be my very first referee interview. Uh, It's going to be ref Gina. Uh, She is such an inspiration as a human being. Uh, So that's coming next Tuesday. Uh, Come back here once again, later on tonight at eight o'clock. For another interview, I, I should have probably put the graphic. Actually, I could put the graphic up right now. I'll talk and I'll banter and I'll make it sound like I'm know what I'm doing. And while I'm uploading uh, tonight's 
interview banner. Uh, <laughs> I can also banter for a little bit. Hey, well, of, here it is. Some so of, tonight, hey, good job. Episode nine, Lucas Finnegan will be on the show. I know zero to nothing about this guy, so I'm coming in completely cold. All I know is that he wrestled last weekend at Shorestar Wrestling for the world title, and he was highly entertaining. We had a small conversation backstage, and he hit, hit me up just today and said, I'd love to come on the podcast. Um, so, yeah. Uh, in the chat, you heard about McMahon is coming back to WWE. He expressed interest. I don't think it's going to happen. I oh, think the Pete. I got to yeah. take. I got to take. Go ahead. That I really enjoyed the way that Vince McMahon told stories. I like the way it's going now. I'd like Vince to take a back seat. I, I've got no issue with the way that it is now. Yeah. I, I really do like it. But I also really did like Vince McMahon's way of telling stories. But I, I'd like to keep seeing how Triple H tells stories on a main roster. Yeah. If Vince comes back, he definitely has to be a team player and let people do their roles. He yeah. can't be the he can't be the end all be all. Yeah, you can't just like revert back because then yeah. then you run risks as a business of just messiness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not super excited um, to have him back. I'm just going to be completely honest, but that's just me. But yeah, so thank you everyone for tuning in. Also, once again, um, if you are uh, seeing this for the first time, like, share, subscribe. If you're listening to the auto platform, give me a follow on those platforms as well. I lost my, my thing above my head. Uh, there it is. We're back. Um, if you can support, that'd be great. I have merchandise if you want to rock an ABJ podcast t-shirt. If you're a wrestler out there and you want to wear it to the ring, that'd be great. It's never been done before. Um, also, uh, stickers are available. If you see me in public, please stop me. I have a whole bunch of stickers to give away. And uh, if you can also support Adina and Philly Mike, uh, big injuries. They're going to be on the shelf for a moment, and it's going to be tough for them to pay their bills because it's going to be hard for them to physically work. I know Mike probably won't be able to even walk for a couple months. So. And Adina can't do anything to, with her arm or her body um, for quite some time. So if you can support them by subscribing to their their content services as well as uh, buying some merchandise in 8x10s, that'd be amazing. Support your independent wrestler, uh, especially in their time of need, because they go out there and bust their ass to support you guys and to give you the best entertainment they could possibly do. Uh, we love you. We'll see you next time. We'll see you later on tonight for Episode 9 of the ABJ Podcast. Thank you, Precious, for your time. And we'll see you guys next time. Here's some Billy Trey, and we're out of here.